0: This is Watching Your Wealth from The Wall Street Journal. Advice for making, keeping, and protecting your money. Today on Watching Your Wealth, what is your financial advisor not telling you? Enjoy our shows on your device. Look for us on iTunes, Stitcher, and at wsj.com podcasts. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Liz Davidson is author of What Your Financial Advisor Isn't Telling You. She's here to talk about just that. Welcome, Liz.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: My pleasure. So, Liz, not all financial advisors are created equally, as we know, and some of them may not be telling you about high-fee investments they're making, right?
1: Yeah, that's a major issue in the industry is, you know, we're at a place where, a lot of investors are not aware of the fees they're paying because it's simply taken out of the investment, so it doesn't feel like you're paying it. You know, When you hire a fee-only advisor that charges by the hour or for a financial plan, it's very, very clear what you're paying because you're writing a check. Um, in many cases, you end up paying more uh, when you're investing with an advisor that makes commissions on specific investments. And in some cases, it could be much more than you think. And those fees are the biggest predictor of your long-term performance. So you want to be very, very clear on what you're paying and how it compares to the average. That's a
0: good point. Fees can really chip away at your return over the course of time. So I think it's really important to ask people ask your advisor how are you being paid are you getting a commission on anything that i'm buying here what's the story be really upfront in and asking them don't be afraid to ask them now another thing you had mentioned that advisors may not admit to is the fact well the fact is so many advisors may pitch themselves as hey i can do everything for you but the reality is they may not be equipped to handle everything for us is that right
1: Think of it this way. What if you went into your primary care physician's office and in the appointment, uh, he or she decided to start brain surgery? (laughs) The the reality is it is impossible for one person to know everything about all aspects of finance in a very, very deep and meaningful way. I'm a big believer in having a financial planner that is broad and has – You know, a great deal of knowledge ideally has a CFP, Certified Financial Planner designation, and 10-plus years' experience, but there are going to be situations where you may need an accountant or you may need to speak with an estate planning attorney. And if your advisor is unwilling to let go and refer you to the right professionals, just like your primary care physician needs to refer you to the neurologist, Mm -hmm. Um, that's a that's a big red flag.
0: That's a good point. I think it's also important for consumers to know what they're looking for. If you need an attorney, speak to the attorney. If you want someone who's just going to sell stocks for you every day and help you with trading, then maybe you need a traditional broker. So it really depends on what you're looking for. And another important question is to ask them is what they're going to do for your, for you day in and day out. In the case of a, a long-term planner, fee-only planner, maybe it's just doing a plan every year or two and then modifying monitoring that plan. So it's important to know that as well. Another thing you said is that um, some of the advisors may say or may not want to talk to you about your employee benefits because they know they're not equipped to deal with that and they may not be getting paid on that. So, but they might not necessarily tell you that, that they don't know what to tell you about your 401k. Yes, and this
1: is something that is often a very innocent Um, mistake or something that advisors overlook without even fully realizing they're doing it. When you are an advisor in the retail market, you're not getting paid off of anyone's employee benefits and you start to forget they even have them. Mm, It starts to kind of be, you know, just not part of your world anymore. And so you got to be very, very careful because even the best intention advisors either might be assuming that you're maximizing those benefits and you're coming to them with your extra money Um, or, you know, just simply so focused on the money you're bringing to them that they aren't saying to you, okay, let me look at your overall picture. What are you doing with your 401k? Are you maximizing, you know, your health uh, savings account at work? Do you have life insurance at work that you're taking advantage of? What's it priced? I mean, and really making sure that, you know you're fully tapping everything you're getting subsidized by your employer or in tax advantaged accounts or at lower fees
0: making sure their advisor your advisor is asking you good questions that's also very important now another another thing is they may not admit to the fact that they're upselling you this could be happening in the relationship be aware of this you say
1: yes it's a business i mean i think you know when we go and we purchase a car. We know that <laughs> there's a game going on and you know they're going to try to get us to purchase all the extra bells and whistles and the most expensive car and <laughs> you know we're going to have to really watch and make sure that we're only getting what we really need and I think everyone's that's a very transparent transaction. But when it comes to a financial advisor, y- y- you know, because of the nature of that relationship, it's a lot murkier, and so there, you really have to be careful that what the advisor is doing is looking out for your best interest, and that anything he or she is recommending fits in your overall financial plan. And ask, you know, the questions about, you know, the reasons behind the recommendation, the fees, um, pros and cons. Um, seek outside uh, independent guidance. You may have guidance at your uh, workplace we, we see a lot of companies that implement workplace financial wellness programs with independent firms who can look at things from a completely unbiased perspective and just let you know where there may be uh, holes in your plan or where you may have an investment that is being pitched to you that you don't really need.
0: Great tips.
1: Ask a lot of
0: questions and be a savvy
1: consumer. Thank you so much
0: for joining us, Liz. Thank you
1: for having
0: me again. Oh, my pleasure. And would you? I'd love for you to stick around and take our financial Proust questionnaire. Are you game to do that? Yes. <laughs> All right, you stick around too. Spend lots of time on your device, then spend some of that time with us. WSJ Podcasts: The Sound of Success. Now, watching your wealth. Welcome back to Watching Your Wealth. Now it's time for author Liz Davidson to take our financial version of the Proust. Liz, you ready? Yes. All right. So, Liz, what's the best financial advice you ever received?
1: So I did not receive this directly. It was through studying Warren Buffett and what he said, um, you know, in his various books. And it's, be fearful when others are greedy, and be greedy when others are fearful. And if you really operate that way, what you end up doing is setting yourself up to avoid the emotions in in the decision-making, especially with investing. So you tend to buy... You know, buy low and sell high is when everyone else is doing the opposite.
0: Great tip. Worst financial advice.
1: Ah, worst financial advice. Um, I think the advice about specific investments in a vacuum. So, hey, you need to look at this, you know, uh, alternative investment, this hedge fund that has this, you know, great strategy, but with no context around. You know, my overall situation, liquidity needs, tax needs, Just you know, just a straight sales pitch. I don't care how great that investment may or may not be. It's all about whether it would fit for me.
0: You need to look at the big picture in your own situation. Yeah. Now, fill in the blank. Money can buy.
1: The freedom to have the life you want to have and live the way you want to live.
0: True. Money can't
1: buy. The wisdom to use that freedom well.
0: Oh, very true. If you won a million dollars, what would you do with it?
1: I'm in a position, luckily, where I'm financially secure myself, so I would donate it to the Alzheimer's Association. Um, My mom has that disease. It runs in my family, and I think it's way underfunded and and a major problem. Um, Talk about money and and dementia, and all the issues there. Um, there's a there's a lot there.
0: Wow, very generous. Lots of issues there. Thank you so much for joining us, Liz.
1: Thank you. This
0: has been watching your wealth, a production of the Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com/podcasts. Thanks for listening. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously.